And there we go, previously unreleased track from the Edwards Generation. That's called Do What You Want to Do, about to come out on an album in 2019. And on the line, live from Los Angeles, I've got Myron Edwins, bassist and family member of the Edwards Generation. Myron, welcome to England. Do you remember that track? What can you tell me about it? Well, Do What You Want to Do came out uh, in terms of writing, what I mean by came out, of of us, of the writers, around the time we were coming home, I believe, from a European uh, tour. We were, we did uh, tours through Germany and uh, uh, Zurich, Switzerland, and then uh, we traveled to Scandinavia. Oh, fantastic. And we were carrying, uh-huh, thank you. So we were carrying, um, we had, you know, had just recently completed tours of Japan where we, this is, I would say this is probably around 81, 82. Right. Uh, we, had, we had purchased, a couple of guys in the band had purchased some uh, new portable recording uh, uh, units. And, uh, yeah, if I go back, I remember those were called the Porter Studios. Right. The Tascam Porter Studios. Uh-huh. So Tascam, what happened really. was, like, when we were in Europe, we just had this idea. We just, uh, the, the three brothers and I, we were... We start kicking around the title. Do what I mean, guys. Do what you want to do. Hey, that sounds like a song. Mm. That's a song title, man. So somebody said, "Do what you want to do," and then the, the, there, uh, therefore, the hook came just like that. It was very simple, and uh, and then so we did not actually track it into the big studio until we returned from a tour. But we did some, you know, cassette tape, uh, four track on these uh-huh. portable units I was referring to. So the song started like in Europe, and I think we were in the, either Germany or we were in Oslo, Norway, one of the two, I can't remember. But uh, I know we were in Europe, and uh, we were in one of our rooms. We, we all shared, no, we didn't share, but we all had our own apartment rooms, so yeah. like, a, kind of like, a, like a small flat. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we would get together. We kind of like, for the time that we were there, you know, several days out of the week, we always got round up the guys and we would get together like you know either my room or we get together in my brother ron's room you know when it, when it, it changed all the time yeah yeah but um we got together and started working on this groove and because the the melody of the chorus is um it was very easy to you know to choose the kind of keyboard chords that will work with them it's also the bass line lovely which i came up with and that's and so that's the song that is humble beginnings. Fantastic. And then, um, so they, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So we recorded that song enough enough, enough for us to hear the idea, you know, fleshed out. You yeah. Know, we fleshed out a, ten, a template, and and then uh, we put it to the side because we were you know really active with writing a bunch of songs. A lot of ideas were coming all the time because we were probably because we uh, we were performing like six nights a week on tour wow yeah and how did you find europe compared to uh, compared to the states did you enjoy germany and scandinavia oh extremely you well, know um we found for our from our experiences we found that we even though we have a lot of love here in the states a lot of people we've got like great followings um and the people truly love us here as well um but we found there's a different feeling in Europe having to do with different culture as well. Mm-hmm. So the people really were receptive to yeah. us. And they still um, are. Nightly. Yeah. Uh, 
very I mean, amazing. Europe's so mad for seventies uh, for soul music in general, um, and there's a big resurgence in seventies yeah. music. So anything that's uh, sort of retro is uh, doing really well. It's flying out across Europe, not just the UK. Did you ever get to the UK? Um, into I, you know, I have not. I've only flown into Heathrow, uh, right. and uh, we were there just for, uh, and that was a separate occasion. I was with my now wife. Uh-huh. Um, just got married last month, but uh, oh, congratulations! Yeah, we were, thank you, thank you. We got into Heathrow, man, and we were there for about three hours before taking back off to SFO. Yeah, and um, but I vowed that I would definitely come because I, I have lots of friends that are actually in the UK and uh, that I've known not only socially but have met on various you know shows. Excellent. And, um, and so, yes, yeah, it's definitely one of my huge dreams to come there to the UK and just just enjoy it and, and get good good feelings and good music and get the great feedback. Beautiful. So, uh, Myron, you were uh, bassist with the family group Edwards Generation. Um, how did it all start for you in music? Started from, how did it all start? Um, just, it started from being in, uh, we were in uh, our hometown of Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, it started from Valentine watching. We were always pretty much present at home watching my dad with his band because during those days, my father, as I recall, my father never took his band. He had horn section and uh, the rhythm section. He never took his band to a rehearsal studio. And if he did, I never saw one. They always rehearsed at our home and inside our living room downstairs with a two-story house because your father was a recording um, artist wasn't he wasn't he way before the edwards generation came together that's right that's right my father had a pretty blazing career and he's very well loved all around the world including the uk yeah so you know my father took note that the, the sons were were really just like actively watching his band and we were taking notes on the side and each of us each of us, the brothers and myself, I, I've got three brothers. Okay. And uh, each of us, each of us were, you know, just like looking at, I guess, what instrument uh, really, you know, resonated with us. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had already loved to play, to play bass, and then but just to hear my dad's musicians play and hear his bass player, it was just a huge treat. And I imagine for my brothers, probably the same thing. So, I'll, so as my father noticed that we were really sons we were really interested in making music because we started actually making our own music without our dad right and that's because we were i guess we were copying him uh-huh. <laughs> yeah emulating yeah so my father yeah we were yeah yeah we were we were emulating that's a good a very good word <laughs> thank you Aiden. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes so so my father decided to listen i can uh i can hear him right now you know listen son Let's let's start a family group, and he had the name the Edwards Generation. I thought it was a fantastic name, the Edwards Generation. Mm-hmm. Makes sense yeah. for a generation of him, you know. <laughs> now this is so, a time when you were still at school, isn't it? As a family, yeah. you you yeah, and your brothers right. were still at school. We were still in school. That's correct. Fantastic. So how did and, that how did that uh, go? Were you performing? Young. You weren't able to perform in bars. Was it uh, church functions? Was it um, private parties? Well, it's kind of amazing that you're saying that because of several people have said the same thing to me in other interviews. But um, to be honest, completely honest with you, we were, I don't know if there's an exception for us or whatnot, but my father would manage uh, to get the management 
to allow us to perform in in nightclubs and bars with oh, you. Say. And just that uh, the understanding was when we took an inter, uh, break, like an intermission break. Yeah. The youngsters, we were, we had to go into a different room, like kind of like towards the rear of the club, uh-huh. and just sit there and wait till the break was over because we couldn't be out there mingling with the adults. No. And then my dad would come back, or he would. I would send my mom or our aunt, our aunt Mag, and they would come back and gather us up, and it's time to do uh, one more set. Excellent. So we can go back out and perform. Because, of course, your mother, your mother was a singer in the group as well, wasn't she? In fact, she still performs. She still performs to this day, yes. Beautiful. Uh, actually, she does, yes. And uh, she's doing actually really good, and, uh, you know, she's uh, just recently number 10 on the official uh, smooth jazz charts there in the... Cheshire, uh, London. Excellent. So, she, yeah, so she's kind of like on her cloud right now, too. She, she's actually nervous, she told me, but she's, but, you know, we're keeping her grounded. Great. <laughs> yeah, Great. So, so, so it, was, it was a joy for us because it was quite an experience. You can imagine going to school, we come home. Um, there's a lot of music in our, in, our, in, in our lives because at the time, not only were we performing the, the night pubs, nightclubs and all, um, with the school curriculum, we also, after school, we would all walk to my dad's record shop. My father had a record store yeah. called Chuck's Record Shop. Okay. And we would therefore stay there and uh, and then, you know, close the shop with the parents and go home. And then, and then on the weekends, like from Thursday through like Saturday, sometimes Sundays, we were performing at nightclubs with our father. And that was our early start at the Elvis Generation. Great, great. You see, I can't think of anyth- any, anything, any better pastime than spending your spare time surrounded by vinyl. That must have been brilliant. Who were your early influences, yourself? Well, I mean, I loved, like, I, believe it or not, I was crazy about the Jackson 5. Oh, yeah. I even loved the Osmond Brothers. I loved the Os- I, even the Osmond Brothers. Yeah, because, another family you know, group, yeah. Those two groups, yeah. Those groups they had, they had different, and of course the Beatles. I mean, mm. I mean the Beatles. I I remember the Beatles. It seemed like back in like I was probably like in my early like ten, nine or ten. I remember hearing the Beatles, and also my father carried their their product. So yeah, you know we had a lot of lot of uh, you know exposure, and in the the UK sound uh, is a sound that has its own thing, man. It's, it's the UK bubbles, and it's amazing because you know the Americans, me as American. And I know I speak for a lot of Americans. We love the the the, the English, the British sound, as they call it. Yeah. As much as the British sound, the people love the American sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of a it's a cool exchange. It's <laughs> <laughs> strange, isn't it? <laughs> right. So, um, really nineteen seventy-two then, and you cut your first record. This is someone like you. <laughs> That must have been great that's being right, in the recording right. studio. It really was. It was a huge studio in um, in in New York City, and um, we were there. We were actually we did not have a recording schedule set um, when we went there. We were going there because our family had just done a show in Pennsylvania. We opened up the very first state lottery, right. the very first one of its kind. It's called the Pennsylvania State Lottery, and we were the featured act. In that. And from that show, my father was uh, approached 
by some promoters that booked us in in uh, in uh, New York City uh, with Carol King oh, and lovely. Bill Withers. So that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine going from like kind of like your first public, really outdoor public show, straight to New York? And so we we were in Greenwich Village, which is where we did our shows. Uh-huh. It's been Greenwich Village, and from there we got an offer to perform. Um, we got a contract to go to the Lincoln Center and perform there. Okay. So we did we did a concert there, and that's where a producer was in the audience and approached us. And before you know it, you know he he was negotiating with our father, and they came to an agreement. And my dad says we're coming back to New York. We'll go home, but we're coming back. We have a studio date, and that's it. Was amazing being in that big studio, you know, laying the tracks, and you know this was really. Um, prior to that session, you know, I had been in four track studios, which were kind of like the thing back then yeah. you know, in the early seventies. Uh-huh. But uh, and those those are all local studios that were right where in the areas where we lived. But going into the major studio, that must have been state uh, of the art. I think, it, yes, state of the art, and I believe I think it was called Gateway Studios because that that name keeps keeps coming back right. in my, inside my head. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, I just want to play now your uh, second single release. This is from 1976 and a tune called I Need You Only. From 1976 then, on tight records, that's I Need You Only. So at what point did you get the call to go to San Francisco? Or Los Angeles, rather? Um... Well, an interesting thing, um, that, that was really a decision that was made by our father because um, we all wanted to come to California. So collectively, we traveled. Our father drove us out, and we ended up in Las Vegas at first. And we, you know, we did some shows. You drove and, and to and we, Las Vegas? Of course. How long did that take? Yeah, we were, we were, I'm sorry? How long did that take to drive from New York to Las Vegas? Well, it took uh, several days, several uh, days. Crikey! And, and several several climate changes. I was going to say because because uh, the UK <laughs> is like a thousand miles top to bottom, and um, I, I should have to think how far yeah. Las Vegas to uh, oh my gosh. New York, dear. Anyway, sorry. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, yeah. So you could I can do you could do the whole UK up and down, huh? Like within two or three days. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I I, did, I had no knowledge of that, mm. but yeah, it took us several days. We ended up in Las Vegas, and we performed in. Uh, we were in old Las Vegas because my dad did not get us up onto the main strip at yeah. that time. But we were on the what the original strip, which is now referred to as old Las Vegas. Okay. But we uh, we had some experiences with some unsavory promoters that did uh. not pay us, and you know they, you know we, we had a we had a guarantee pay, but uh, they walked out the back door, and so yeah. we got caught several times. Mm-hmm. So. You know, being discouraged, my father rounded us up, the entire family. We jumped back into the van with all our belongings. And he goes, we're going to Los Angeles, which is where we were actually intended to go in the first place. I'm not okay. sure why we sidetracked to get to Vegas, but I think maybe my dad wanted to see Vegas because he knew more about the show, you know, shows, the big shows and things like that than we knew. So I think it was really something he wanted to do. Uh-huh. But we ended up in, in Los Angeles, um, and uh, within a day, uh, within like the first day, traveling down through Sunset and going out through Beverly Hills yeah. and whatnot, um, 
I noticed the production house, and it, long story short, it turned out to be Barry White Production wow. Company. Wow. And Barry answered the door, and uh, we all went in, and, and after talking with him, uh, letting him know we're a traveling family band, and uh, we, we have instruments with us in our van, and really, so, um, you know, you know, he went through his little <laughs> voice thing, and he asked us to, you know, why don't we set up and play for him right now in his office? And that's what we did. Brilliant. So that opened the door for us to go into the studio. Uh, Barry produced about six songs on us. Uh-huh. And um, to this day, I only remember, and even my, my eldest brother, Ron, um, says the same thing. We remember hearing playbacks of the song and mm-hmm. Barry making lots of comments about how he loved the group and all. And, and um, a very famous one that he made was, he told my parents, I was, we were all there, he says, you know, Myron sings better than Michael Jackson. Wow. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> I'm not trying to sing better than Michael Jackson. I'm just, <laughs> if that's what you think, though. <laughs> cool. Yeah, take it. Cool thing. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's in stone, man. So, and so we've not heard those recordings in, uh, other than sitting there inside the control room with the playback. And all right. Just, you know, saying some of the things. Well, I want to put strings here, I want to do this, you know. Yeah, if they never saw release, that's unfortunate. Sure didn't, and it's simply because my father didn't, uh, passed on the contract, so oh uh, the contract that was offered, and of course the, the guys, we were too young to even, we weren't really, really no, I won't say too young, but we were young, and we weren't inter- not interested, we weren't knowledgeable no. about the contracts at that point in that time, so uh, we, and we also, just relied on our father. Absolutely, you trust on his that. better judgment, don't you, and he was probably right, I dare say the contract was dreadful, but uh, it would have been nice to have um, yeah, yeah, yeah. had the uh, had the recordings see the light of day anyway um so um i mean your father uh, started his own record label didn't he tight records and you produced some really nice music including this one from 1977 called i want you girl yes tight records and he had tight uh Prior to us even coming out, he had several record labels that he that he started. Okay, and uh, he had Irene, R E N E, which is our our mom's name is Irene, but we call oh, her Irene right. okay. on occasion. So he, he started a label, and right, he started uh, oh I want to say Alana, I think it's called Alana, and then Tight, of course, yes. Lovely, lovely. And um, he has, he has uh, my father has produced recording um, under all of those labels. I see. As well as he was with Duke. Duke Records, and he was also with Cap Universal. Uh, yeah, that's uh, K A P P. So, yes. yeah, he's got recordings under that label. So, uh, um, yeah, so we've done the, we did the, uh, we didn't do the contract with Barry, and uh, eventually uh, our father decided let's come up to San Francisco, and that's where we've been since. Right. Since now we're in like you know like uh, East Bay uh, parts of the San, of San Francisco Bay area. Right, I'd just like to play uh, another of your tracks. B-side to uh, I Need You Only, 1976. This is called Keep Cool, Brother. I mean, I can appreciate that, um, that, that you're so much older when you get to San Francisco than you were when you were in Pennsylvania and, uh, and New York, but did you find the cultures were different? Um, the musical tastes were different? Yes, they were. It, it was very much different. Uh, because I would say that our ears, our listening, 
was our spectrum was more from East Coast style of yeah. music, you know, um, being raised in the East Coast and then you know then and then ending up uh, changing over and coming to the West Coast mm. where we actually ended up you know living our lives. But there's a different sound here. Uh, it, it was uh, more of a kind of um, you know I think like the, the predominant sound to use the name of a band would be like uh, Grateful Dead, kind of a, like a right. sort of rocky but you know. Uh-huh. The Rocky with the kind of a soulful feel to it. Yeah, like a so Jefferson Starship sort of a thing. In, yes, San Francisco was really, at that time, really more, you know, like John Denver and yeah. uh, Jim Croce. More, yeah, kind of a, it was a soft kind of a rock. Right. It wasn't as, like, hard as it's become. We've got a lot of great, um, like, hard uh, metal rock and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, that evolved over the years but uh, yeah at the period we were here it's a lot more soft rock yeah because uh, mama's at- in the papas yeah lovely TV. mama Cass. yeah uh, i mean whilst you were out there you mama were Cass. you were supporting some big acts weren't you in san francisco war the intruders sure. tower of power yes yes great yes. i mean that must power yes that must have been wonderful to have been on those sort of bills and playing to crowds of that size it really was and what even more even more wonderful is the intimacy. You know, we we also shared the same. We were in Studio A of uh, Wally Hyder Studios, mm-hmm. and we finished our session as we were packing and getting our real riddle of tapes. Yeah, so just as we were walking out, uh, Tara Power was walking in. Wow! Um, for you to be walking out of a studio as your sort of like heroes and 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 uh, household names were walking mm-hmm. in, that must have been. Well, I don't know. I mean, it must have been exciting, but also really quite um, making you anxious as, as a young man to be in the company of yes. these accomplished... I mean, you're an accomplished musician yourself, but you should never meet your heroes is the point I'm trying to get to. So how how was it for you to be in the company of these people? You know, we, you know and, and it was a very mutual feeling, I can tell you that, because Excellent. basically it was uh, Tara Power. It was, they heard of us just like we heard of them. Brilliant. And... Um, Yes, because we were make, we were getting airplay on um, one of the biggest radio stations out here. It's called K Soul, K S O L, and we our band was getting airplay on this station as well. They were so great. Um, it was very nice to hear these these guys at the time, like Mick Gillette, bless his heart. Um, I believe I heard he's deceased, now, but um, it was very nice to hear these gentlemen giving us compliments. Mm. While we're giving them compliments, yeah, you know, uh, mutual and respect. When we, did, we did the when we opened with the intruders. I mean, I was hearing the intruders on the radio a lot more than we were on the radio, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but these people were coming by. We were they were coming and uh, walking back and forth through the dressing rooms there, and say, uh, we were on Broadway, and uh, and they had listened to us as we performed. And to get the compliments that we've gotten, they were just amazed that these little boys with their father and uh, their sister and, and on occasion our mom would come up on stage. Mm-hmm. So to hear their compliments, and these are huge, I mean, these are huge artists that yeah, have big absolutely. records, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay, I just want to play a track off your 1976 LP Street Thang. This is called I've Got Something For You.
So, um, what, what have you done? What have you been doing with yourself since the uh, since the eighties? Have you still been? Oh uh, man, the eighties. Very, very active. The eighties came, and uh, along with the eighties came uh, a lot of technology, as you well yeah, know. Yeah. Um, lots of digital synths and things of that nature, and drum machines. Um, so. And from the early, about 84, I, I, personally, I have my own studio. I have six recording studios. Oh, right. my, oh, this is my sixth one now, oh, since the 84. Um, and I just immerse myself into producing a lot of upcoming talent, lots of upcoming talent. And many of them um, have gone on to get record deals and work with artists such, such as uh, Barbara Streisand. These are artists have worked, they've worked with um, Pia Sedora. Uh, new kids on the. I mean, all these different groups, these major groups. A lot of their support personnel mm-hmm. came out of my studio. Excellent. Came out of my studio. They used to sleep on my couch. <laughs> lovely, lovely. That must Which be amazing. Great. So I immersed myself into, as my brothers did. Also, they uh, we, we're all writers and producers mm-hmm. and studio engineers. So we've. Uh, um, I well myself. I've, I've been involved. I've started uh, two production companies. Um, and now uh, and as I've uh, evolved into not only producing and developing up-and-coming artists, but yeah. also doing, I'm doing uh, documentaries, audio books, things of that nature, music videos. Great stuff. Do you, do you have a website and where people can get a hold of you for your services? Yes, I have, um, I have one of the websites up right now. It's called um, www.captivateproductionsinc, like, like incorporated. Inc. Yeah. So Captivate Productions, plural. Inc.com. Fantastic. Uh, and so recently you were uh, hooked up with uh, a UK guy, didn't you? Raul Galloway and Cordial Recordings. Tell me about that. Yes. Yes, that happened in uh, late January of this year. Raul got in touch with my mom. Mm-hmm. And you can make a noise, it's okay. And, um, and uh, my mom, because uh, she, when my father passed, she named me the, the, the director right. of our publishing company and all. So she put Raul in touch with me. And so it's been really a great relationship. He's a nice guy. Raul and Cordial. Yeah. Absolutely. Lovely bloke. And, uh, you know, he just released our single this week, back mm-hmm. on the 23rd, which is the, yeah, I Like Your Style and The Love I Found in You, yeah. which actually The Love I Found in You features our father singing. Right. Music. On that as well as myself and my younger brother Les. So, and they're all these are all tracks that are very natural instruments, and there's no sense. There are sense in like the the ones I love. love I, I like your style because that that came around the early '80s. And as I mentioned, you know, like some yeah. some of the, the new synths, the di- digital came out in synths and stuff. But uh, but but none of that stuff is sequenced. All, all these new tracks we have coming, or oh, I should say new, but they're tracks that we did in a ten-year span between '70s and '80s. They were all recorded. We played every instrument on the track. And here's one such track, previously unreleased but recorded back in the 70s. This is the Edwards Generation and a tune called Get Out on the Dance Floor. And so it wasn't nothing sequenced and all that, but, but we do also have hundreds, I mean really literally hundreds of, of songs that we've collectively written um, and produced in studios that we've we've owned, and so we have a. There's no shortage of material, and the material we have stuff as as um, I would say we have multiple genres of music. Because, um, for instance, myself, I write everything. I mean, I write 
country, pop, rock, blues, funk, uh, Christian, uh, you name it, uh, smooth jazz. All right. So, so um, my I know my brother Jeff does smooth jazz, and um, and uh, my brother Ron is doing some of that now as well. In fact, two of my brothers I just saw a post on a social site yesterday when I was out there at the studio performing, working on a show. Um, I, a, a notification came up and showed that two of my brothers were in the studio mm-hmm. doing some new stuff. So I was like, very, you know, you know I was interested. Fa- fantastic. <laughs> cool. uh, and so as well as the single, as you say, that's been released this week, there's also an album on the way, isn't there? Yes. Yes, there's an album. We've got uh, in, we've got five total products coming out um, by, by two, uh, 2019. So the first one came out this week. It's a single. And then we've got another single coming out. Um, and then we've got the eleven song album, and then the thirteen song CD, and then we have a remix album coming out. That's what's on our schedule. Great stuff. What's the sort of time scale? When can people expect to uh, be able to get their hands on this new material or previously unreleased material? Rather, we're looking at like in nineteen two thousand nineteen uh, March, I believe. Wow! And then I think in April the album drops. Fantastic! And I look then forward to shortly that. Shortly thereafter, yeah, all that's coming in all two thousand nineteen. You know, with the, uh, a couple months apart. Yeah. And there's been talk, uh, the, the label, uh, Cordial in London, has talked to us about um, doing music videos on us as well. In fact, tonight I've got a 6.30 appointment uh, with the brothers. We're shooting a promotional video. Lovely. So uh, we'll make sure, I'm sure we'll get, get, get some of that stuff to you. I'm sure he will. Um, uh, soon, yeah, shortly. Yeah. Smashing. Myron, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much for um, sharing your life, and uh, I wish you all the very You're best very with, the, uh, with the forthcoming releases and your current single. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adia. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for the kind words. You have an awesome day. <laughs> you too. Playing out with the flip side then to the brand new single released on Cordial Recordings, this is The Edmunds Generation and The Love I Found In You.